Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, tourists visiting the northernmost parts of the White Mountains have experienced more than just the legendary views and scenery. Many have encountered the terrifying presence of the spirits left behind by the dead. This is episode number 44 of Hometown Ghost Stories, Haunted Hotels of the North, Coos County, New Hampshire. Mount Washington Hotel, 1997. Amy was nervous and somewhat excited. She'd worked as a housekeeper for the hotel for almost a month, but tonight was her night to service room 314, the princess's room, which was known to be haunted. Amy had only ever been in the room once, the day before, when she and her co-worker snuck in before the guests arrived and snapped pictures of each other on the princess's bed. All their other co-workers told them later that they shouldn't have done that because it would anger the ghosts. But Amy didn't believe in any of that stuff. The guests who had since checked in were newlyweds, but were away for the evening, so Amy was tasked with changing the sheets and replacing the towels as well as anything else the room needed. She knew the room was empty, but knocked anyways, just in case. As expected, there was no answer. Amy opened the door and flicked on the light. As soon as she turned around, she jumped. There was a little girl asleep on the bed. She quickly shut the light back off and hurried out the door, quietly closing it behind her. She walked down the hallway and around the corner, where she found her inspector. Amy explained that she couldn't clean the room because there was a little girl asleep in the bed. The inspector said this was odd because the couple staying in the room were newlyweds and didn't register any child. She told Amy to leave a note saying that she'd be back in an hour or so to clean the room. Amy agreed and headed back down the hallway to the room. As she approached the door, she was suddenly overcome with an inexplicable feeling of dread. Unsure as to why she felt that way, she opened the door. She didn't turn the light on this time as to not wake the sleeping girl, but through the light of the hallway spilling through the doorway, she saw not the little girl but a woman sitting on the bed, staring right at her, with a terrifying grin on her face. She had raven black hair and was wearing a white dress. Amy dropped the pen and paper she was holding and ran back out the doorway and down the hall where another housekeeper was standing. She tried explaining what happened, but was shaking too hard to talk, so she just grabbed her by her arm and led her to the room. As they entered the room, they found it completely empty and the bed was perfectly made and untouched. I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Haunted Hotels of the North. Coos County is the northernmost county in the state of New Hampshire 
and was officially organized on Christmas Eve in 1803 when it was separated from Grafton County. The name Kuas derives from the Algonquian word meaning small pines. During the American Revolution, two troops of the Continental Army were raised from the settlers of Kuas. The papermaking industry was what initially propelled the county into a modest population increase, reaching around 15,000 in 1870, but the sharp decline of that industry left the county with forestry and tourism as the major industries in the area. With tourism being the main industry in the county, there is no shortage of hotels, many of which are said to be haunted. The Omni Mount Washington Hotel The Mount Washington Hotel was built in 1902 by New Hampshire native Joseph Stickney, who made his fortune in coal mining and the Pennsylvania Railroad. It took just two years to complete the massive project, and the hotel featured state-of-the-art design and construction methods for its time. Innovative plumbing and heating systems were installed, and the building would eventually have its own telephone system and post office. The hotel was a seasonal hotel, open only during summer, and would remain this way until 1999, where they opened the doors for their first-ever winter season. Joseph Stickney died shortly after the hotel opened. His wife, Carolyn, inherited Joseph's assets after his passing, which included ownership of the Omni Mount Washington Resort. Devastated by the passing of her beloved husband, Carolyn dedicated herself to establishing the hotel as the region's most luxurious and popular destination for the wealthy elite, completing Joseph's final project. A decade after her husband's passing, Carolyn got remarried to a French prince. Although she married the prince, effectively making her Princess Carolyn, she stayed at the Mount Washington Hotel during the summer. Her suite was known as the Princess Suite, room 314. She would have her bed shipped back and forth from France to New Hampshire, depending on where she was living. After the prince passed away a decade later, Carolyn would spend her summers in New Hampshire and her winters at her home in Rhode Island, where she would eventually pass away on November 2nd, 1936, at the age of 67. It is believed that her ghost is the ghost that haunts room 314 of the Mount Washington Hotel, her former suite. The Mount Washington Hotel has a particular rule for the employees who work there. They are sworn to secrecy regarding the hauntings they've experienced. There are hundreds of witness accounts from employees over the decades, and they're mostly anonymous accounts because of this. One witness account comes from a janitor. He walked into the ballroom late one night and heard faint sounds of an orchestra playing. He figured a rehearsal was going on in the back and decided to go see who it was. But when he walked around back, nobody was there. He turned around to walk back out, but as he was passing the stage, the lights suddenly went out, and the music got louder. He put his hand up against the wall and felt his way along since the room was pitch dark. He found the light switch and noticed it was in the off position, as if somebody had physically switched it off. But he knew the only other person around was a security officer down the hall, and he definitely wouldn't have been in there. He flipped the switch back up, and the lights went on, filling up the empty room with light. Then, he watched as the switch flipped back down on its own. The music kept playing the entire time. He ran out of the ballroom and found the security officer on duty, explaining what happened. Together, they went down to investigate, but found nothing. No music, and nothing wrong with the lights. In room 314, guests can stay in Princess Carolyn's bed. Some guests have reported waking up in the middle of the night 
and seeing a woman sitting at the foot of the bed. Lights turning on and off, bathtubs and sinks filling with water, and the smell of flowery perfume wafting through the air. Some guests have also reported seeing her in other parts of the building, including the ballroom and on the balcony, overlooking the guests when they arrive. The Spalding Inn Built in 1865, formerly known as the Cherry Hill House, this hotel has a haunted reputation of its own. So much so that it was purchased by Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson of TV's Ghost Hunters after they investigated it. Hotel employees have shared a few of their ghostly encounters. A former desk manager shared her story of an encounter with a ghost late one night after a wedding. After all the wedding guests either left or went to bed, the desk manager was doing some paperwork. Suddenly, she hears a bang coming from the kitchen and assumes somebody must be in there who doesn't belong. So she stops what she's doing and makes her way into the kitchen. It was dark in the room, but through the moonlight coming through a window, she sees a silhouette of a man in the doorway. Excuse me, sir, she says out loud as she flicks the light on, but there's nobody in the doorway. She shut the light back off, and the silhouette was gone. A ghost cat has also been reported, not only by hotel employees, but guests as well. It's known to run through the kitchen, knocking things over, and also to brush up against people's legs. Room 7 of the carriage house and room 33 of the main building are also said to be haunted, with guests reporting hearing disembodied voices and doors opening, closing, and locking on their own. The Balsam's Grand Resort, 2008 Dennis parked the truck around the back of the building and applied the parking brake. It was his first time delivering to this hotel, and he was taken back by the immensity of the structure. Looming white gables, capped with deep auburn peaks that grazed the dusk skyline, boasting a contrast that was impossible not to marvel at. He unloaded the pallet of Coca-Cola products from the back of the truck with his pallet jack and pulled it up to the receiving door. He rang the buzzer and waited, but nobody answered. He tried the handle and it was unlocked, so he left the pallet and went in to find somebody. He walked through the kitchen area, which was apparently closed, and by the pantry and utility closet, but still found nobody. He spotted a bathroom across the hall, the sight of which seemed to persuade his bladder that now was a good time to use the facility. He pushed open the door and was surprised to see that even the staff bathroom was immaculate. After using the toilet, he stepped back and flushed it with his foot, since there was no automatic flush, and despite the cleanliness of the facility, was still somewhat of a germaphobe. He walked over to the sink to wash his hands, counting to 60 in his head before rinsing. He shut the water off and reached for the paper towel dispenser. As he did so, he heard the toilet flush behind him again. Hello? Dennis called out, but he knew nobody was there, remembering that he turned the lights on himself when he walked in. He cautiously took a couple steps toward the stall and peeked in. Nothing, as he suspected. Then, the toilet handle dipped down and flushed again. Dennis did a 180 and quickly hustled out the door where he found himself face to face with an older gentleman in a maintenance uniform. He also noticed the man was missing an arm. Can I help you? The man asked. The toilet keeps flushing on his own, Dennis stuttered nervously. 
pipes run through the basement, the old man replied. There was something off about this man, Dennis thought to himself. Follow me, the man said, turning around. Dennis followed, not really knowing why. I'm just here with the soda delivery, Dennis said. The man didn't reply, just gestured with his one hand to follow. The hallway led him to a stairway leading down. After you, the man motioned down the dark stairway. Dennis repeated that he was just there to deliver the soda, but the man cut him off. Pipes run through the basement. Can't adjust them myself. I need a hand. The man lifted the nub of his arm and grinned. Dennis laughed awkwardly and headed down the stairs, the one-armed man just a pace behind him. They got down to the bottom, and Dennis noticed the man wasn't kidding about there being pipes. So where do we start? Dennis asked. No answer. Dennis turned around, and the man was just staring blankly. Not really at Dennis, but beyond him, in a way. Hey, Dennis started, but the man cut him off. The basement is filled with pipes, the man repeated. Dennis noticed the man hadn't turned the lights on, and the only light was the light coming from the top of the stairway. He felt a sudden chill and desperately regretted going down there. Dennis was walking back towards the stairs at this point. He heard the man's voice from behind him. The basement is filled with pipes, but it's the people buried down here that scare me. At that, Dennis turned around, but the man was gone. The Balsam's Resort, originally named the Dick's House, was built shortly after the Civil War, but the legend of the land dates back to 1805. The area in northern Coos County, now known as Dixville, was granted by the New Hampshire legislature to Colonel Timothy Dix Jr. and consisted of almost 30,000 acres. Colonel Dix lost his life in battle in 1812, and his attorney, Daniel Webster, began managing the property. The hotel began welcoming guests in 1866, and ownership was passed around a few times to George Parsons, Henry S. Hale, who was responsible for creating the property's elaborate canal system, providing fresh drinking water, and eventually on to J.J. Lennon, the fifth owner of the Boston Red Sox, in 1922. Ownership of the hotel changed hands several more times over the course of the following century until 2011, when it was purchased for $2.3 million and closed to the public as it remains to this day. Over the course of the century and a half the building existed, it's collected its fair share of hauntings. According to the book Weird Hauntings, True Tales of Ghostly Places, in a chapter written by Joseph A. Citro, he said that when he talked to the president of the hotel, Stephen P. Barba, he was surprised to hear that Mr. Barba had actually documented the ghostly appearances since 1959. According to Mr. Barba, the spiritual activity came to an uprising when they did renovations at the Balsams. He also claims that he does not discourage staff members to talk about the spirits, and there is actually a bellhop who will not, under any circumstances, go up to the third floor. Some of the more well-known hauntings include The Vanishing Beauty. She has been seen on more than one occasion. Most people actually hear her rather than see her. In the John Dix parlor, people report hearing her laughter, but when they look in the direction the laughter came from, there's nobody there. One guest, however, had a different experience. A man, who happened to be passing through the parlor, heard the unmistakable sound of a woman's laughter. When he turned to see who was responsible for the sound, 
he caught a glimpse of a nearby mirror, and in the reflection, he saw a beautiful woman behind him. When he turned around to see her in person, he was met by the dreadful sensation of being alone. Other guests had spotted her sitting in chairs, only to see her vanish as they approach. Another well-known ghost is known as the Naked Man. One night, a couple checked into room 120 at the Balsams Resort. They were exhausted from their travels and resigned to bed early in preparation for their big plans the following day. They had no issues falling asleep, but the wife woke in the middle of the night to a naked man standing at the foot of the bed. Thinking it was her husband, she called his name, asking if he was all right. Her husband's groggy voice responded with, Fine, just trying to sleep. Fear shot through her as she realized that her husband's voice came from beside her rather than from the man at the foot of the bed. She grabbed her husband's shoulder, causing him to sit up. Who's that? he shrieked. As the wife's eyes adjusted to the dark, the figure at the foot of the bed grew transparent and eventually vanished. The couple packed their bags and left that night. The naked man has been spotted not only by guests, but hotel employees as well. It's assumed that his ghost is that of a former guest who drowned in one of the man-made lakes on the property. Other reported hauntings at this location include toilets flushing on their own, three laughing old ladies who disappear, a one-armed man who also disappears, and dark entities known only as the Others. They're referred to as the Others because nobody knows what they are or where they could have come from. The Others have been spotted in the direction of the sunroom, usually appear and disappear very quickly, and are almost always accompanied by a drop in temperature. The odd thing about the Balsams Hotel is how frequently it changes ownership, but nobody seems to own it for more than 10 years. Every time ownership changes hands, a new layer of renovations gets added to the property, then the new owners jump ship. It could just be coincidence, or it could be something dark, conjured up every time the building is disturbed. into hometown ghost stories episode number 44 the haunted dixville hotel of naked men with dicks <laughs> in new hampshire i'm jesse wilkins i'm joined by rob coakley what's up rob much like one of the ghosts in this episode when i leave a party i am also known as the vanishing beauty this is true this and is everyone true. calls you a dick it's perfect and then we're also joined by dave what's up dave what's going on Rob is the master of the Irish goodbye, if anyone <laughs> needed to know that information. There it is. Absolute, absolute legend. Uh, so this is New Hampshire. Have we, co- have we covered anything New Hampshire yet? Or is that the first New Hampshire episode? Uh, we did the of- Isle of Shoals, which was New Hampshire and Vermont. Yeah, kind of in the middle of the two. New Hampshire, Maine, right? New Hampshire, Maine. Sorry, yeah. Yes. Uh, I want to welcome everyone who's hanging out in live chat. There are a lot of you. And chat has been absolutely hilarious. I've been sitting here just reading the comments and laughing the entire time because uh, – uh, well, there are plenty of jokes to be made about lots of uh, names of ghosts and names of places and all that sorts of stuff. 
But uh, I do appreciate you guys for hanging out. And if you guys want to join us in the live chat for those audio listeners, you can join us live every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. We are live. We're here. Very haunted area. Yeah, it is. So there's um, originally I was just looking at the um, the Balsams Grand Resort. uh, And it was because it was actually referred to me by a friend of mine, Mike. And I wake up one morning and to this voicemail and he's all fired up. He does like all sorts of hiking things up north he's always you know in that area he's like i just came across the craziest place you got to check it out it's i I was just whipping around and uh you know the places it's not a uh, hotel that you can currently stay at right now it's uh close to the public and he ended up he has this like unicycle thing it's like an electric unicycle that goes like 40 miles an hour so he zips around on the trails up there and he got chased by the owner (laughs) the owner chased him down but he's like uh he's like you gotta get up there this building's crazy and i'm like well is it haunted he's like i have no idea i'm like well (laughs) I got it. That's very important. Kind of, uh, yeah. So I ended up Googling it and I came across all these, you know, crazy ghost stories. I was like, oh, this is a great location. And then, you know, figured, let's see what else is in the area. And there was a whole bunch of haunted hotels up there. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, McLovin, who's hanging out in chat, had uh, he was commenting that he had been to the hotel and it was haunted. I think it was the first one that you covered. The Washington, right? The Yeah, the Mount Washington uh, Hotel is definitely the big like the, like the big one there is still open. And there's, there's most of the ghost stories come from that location. Uh, it's kind of weird though, cause they don't allow their, like they make their employees swear not to talk about the ghost stories. Well, some people, some places just want to avoid this history. We talked about it last week with, uh, I think it was the Belcourt castle, not the Belcourt. I'm sorry. That one embraced the ghost. It was a different one. Um, the breakers. That was one where like, they don't want paranormal investigators. The whole, they just, they, they don't entertain it whatsoever. They're like, we are, an awesome mansion and we don't talk about ghosts. So I think, I think a lot of locations just avoid it, but a lot of hotels, I think embrace it. So that's interesting. That's it's, it's interesting that they don't, and obviously um, the one, the breakers is not a hotel, so they have no reason to have to get more tours and they already have millions of visitors. I think with, with a lot of hotels, like if it's going to bring more people in, then why not embrace the the paranormal side of it? Um, so it's interesting when you find one that's like, no, 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 you don't talk about the ghosts. Yeah, it is. I mean, I get why they do it, you know, um, I guess. I mean, it's not like people – I don't think people will avoid a, a hotel if there's, you know, legends of it being haunted. Yeah, I think I think it's more likely that you'll bring in more people if it has that well that aura to it. The hotel that I'm covering in either two weeks or the following episode, um, slight spoiler alert, My one of my coworkers went there with his wife, and after a night staying there, she made him – get another hotel because of the hauntings so well that's, that's awesome. awesome see that yeah and, and then also last week with the jailhouse and had that couple that was freaking out outside because they thought the place was haunted so it, it does happen i mean i just i think it would bring more more good press than bad press but that's the one where uh it was room 314 that was the uh the haunted room and it's got that is that painting of that woman in that room because i wouldn't want to sleep with that painting no that, that painting's terrifying that was like the one thing i was looking at. I'm, like, I'm like they found the creepiest way and they like built the banister around her and you're just like that is the scariest painting of all time she yeah she's not even like hideous or anything but it's just the look it's yeah like she the knew that, look like, and I, I get it this is like the era where people didn't smile while getting their paintings made and, and i understand like if i always smile when i get painted now just, but if, <laughs> if you have to sit there for 13 hours while they paint you it's not like you're getting your photo taken you know you're, you're not gonna smile but even the photos like, like old time photos everyone's just standing there all stoic or dead or dead <laughs> yeah, that was a thing why was that a thing <laughs> yeah you're like, ah, we can't afford to take your photo when you're alive we're gonna prop you up on like this metal 
display coat hanger and take your photo. It's crazy. Uh, but no, that that portrait is not in the uh, the bedroom. That's in like the main uh, foyer area. Oh, okay. Which is good because I would imagine trying to sleep. <laughs> just with that thing just looking at you. Yeah, it's tough enough that the room's uh, that the room's haunted. So that hotel was uh, built in the early 1900s, and it was originally open during the summer because New Hampshire. But I, I would assume that, uh, I mean, skiing and everything obviously yeah, they, took off over time. They only opened for winter recently, like somewhat recently. Like I think in the 90s they opened for the winter, which is weird because I think hotels in New Hampshire, I think skiing. And it's right on mm-hmm. Mount Washington. I don't know. Do you ski Mount Washington? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. You drive up and get a shitty bumper sticker. That's what oh, I know. Yeah. Love that bumper sticker. If you're from Massachusetts, you know, you see that one all the time. I this climbed Mount Washington. It's like, dude, that's not impressive. Great. You drove a car. Great. A you, you drove a vehicle with a motor. Like, you know, as impressive as if you took the ski lift up and you got a bumper sticker that said, I took the ski lift up. <laughs> I, <know. Mount> Washington. <laughs> I did absolutely nothing. It got up to top of Mount Washington. Yeah. <laughs> There wasn't even a, there wasn't even like a set of lights like this. It's there's no there's very little driving skill going up there. I, I exerted more energy buying this bumper sticker than climbing Mount Washington is more accurate. Fox Crown says it's scary. We did that drive once, I believe, um, Dave, when we were kids. Mount Washington, did we? Yeah, I think uh, I think we went up with the parents. We'll have to if Brodad's in the chat, can you confirm or deny whether or not we took a drive up there? I'm pretty sure we did. Um, yeah, if, and, if we uh, did, and you made all that effort to find something cool for us kids to do, we're sorry that we forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely <laughs> shitting on it. What next? What's the next boring trip we're gonna take? There? <laughs> uh, you guys so should that, just get those bumper stickers tattooed on you now. Hey, I'm all for stupid tattoos. I think the last three <laughs> tattoos I got were stupid. Uh, so Fox Crown says it's scary. There's no guardrails, and you can't see the edge. That does sound that does sound pretty scary. Made out to be. That's. Still not as scary as actually putting that bumper sticker on your vehicle and being proud of it. Yes, I know. The worst. <laughs> so paranormal activity in room 314. Let's talk about the haunts. So the haunts. Uh, so I found a website with a bunch of employee ghost stories. They're all anonymous because they're, you know, sworn not to talk about them. But mm-hmm. they can talk about them anonymously because who's going to stop them at that point? And the uh, mm-hmm. site is a blog site called two sisters abroad.com and they have a bunch of cool ghost stories there so one of them is um this comes from like i said an anonymous employee on more than one occasion i would be walking in the main lobby and would see out of the corner of my eye which seems to be a lady looking out over the mezzanine each time i would glance up and the image was gone but a lot of employees and guests have had that same experience we all agree it was princess carolyn who was married to joseph stickney so that was okay. one yeah, there's also been reports of uh, her sitting on the edge of a bed in room 314. Yeah, can, we, so she's- can we talk about the bed real quick? Because this is another episode of rich people doing dumb shit with their money. <laughs> oh, my God. She, yeah. Where she's just sending the bed back and forth between France and New Hampshire. Like... It's just, it's, it's just, just, it's just outrageous. It's just, and it's got go on the bed. Both, buy the right? same I mean, bed. You could buy the same bed. Buy the same bed. And just, you know, I know have two beds. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Um, and I, I imagine how much I, more money you're spending shipping your bed back and forth. You could buy a new bed every single time, and you probably spend less money than shipping it, right? Yeah, especially in that you day. Buy a bed, leave, throw it away. 
and buy a new bed every time you come back. Still a ridiculous thing to do with your money, but it's still probably cheaper than. I bet her husband was just buying beds for her and telling her that he was shipping them. Yeah. Oh, look, it's here. (laughs) Oh, got here before we got here again. Wow. They even made it for us. It's exactly where we left the other one. These guys are good. It's (laughs) insanity. Like the process to ship anything now is too much for me. Like I just literally hate it. Um, So the process in whatever, the early 1900s must have been even worse trying to find like a ship like hey when are you going to france ship like it just must have been so stupid to try to get a bet over there yeah i mean i think that back then you had a lot of ships going back and forth from europe to america well, that was literally the only- on my fucking story dave just go with it <laughs> sure how will we ever find a boat to go from point a to point b when that's literally the only thing they do back then but um there's actually some myths about the Mount Washington Hotel that are pretty interesting. So one of them is that Princess Carolyn um, committed suicide in the hotel's elevator shaft, which is obviously not true, hence myth. But for some reason, that's a big story um, that gets said She around. died in Rhode Island, right? She did. So very easy to debunk that, that myth right there. And then the other myth that floats around about the Mount Washington Hotel is that it inspired Stephen King's The Shining, which I can see how that myth got um, yeah, creating because it's, it also looks it, a lot like a whole lot like the Hotel Del Coronado that we had covered in um, San Diego. Obviously, different, very different landscapes, but the, yeah, the structure sure. of the hotel looks a lot very similar. Yeah, but I mean, like this one, it's it the inside looks a lot like The Shining, and also the hotel was seasonal, closed in the winter, just like the hotel in The Shining. But that one was actually ah. The Shining was based on a hotel in Colorado, which is a fact. Yes. Yeah, no, that's a fact. That, I mean, we'll end up covering that hotel at some point, too, because that hotel is also severely haunted. Mm. Haunted by the ghost of Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I mean, 100%. He's, he's still, he's still alive, alive, but we don't, we don't make the rules. You just jinxed him. You just kid, you know he's going <laughs> to die. I know. You know I he's going to die in the next five months now, and it's just all your fault. Uh, I wouldn't want so, that. Yeah, so the other haunting, uh, the haunted orchestra is pretty cool. That's... um. You get haunted ballrooms all the time. We had a couple of them last week, but this one is uh, a whole orchestra playing. Reminds me of Amityville when the uh, George Lutz kept hearing. Oh the orchestra. yeah, but they weren't playing good music. I think this orchestra was, mm, but not true. this, this yeah. orchestra was was well in tuned. But the Amityville one was supposed to be just everyone playing like a different song at the same time. Yep. Uh, there's another employee story about the ballroom uh, that is not a haunted orchestra. So this one is. So in the late 80s, early 90s, when the hotel was still only seasonal, I was working alone in the ballroom late in the fall just before shutdown. That time of year always seemed to have more ghost activity, uh, like they like they knew we were all going to leave soon. I had been working on the floor and was resetting the room for a large meeting. The ballroom had super heavy curtains on the windows at the time, and I had closed them all. I was moving chairs from one side of the room to the other, and at one point, the curtains started flowing as if someone had a hold of them and was waving them back and forth. I checked all the doors and windows, and nothing was open. It made me wonder if someone was messing with me. I set down a chair and stood back up, and as clear as day, I saw a woman standing there in a hoop-style dress. Without even thinking about it, I started to leave, but then halfway to the door, I went back to see if it was somebody playing a trick. I went back out into the middle of the ballroom and was facing towards the lobby, of the hotel when it just felt like somebody was brushing past me. I guess it wasn't a trick. So that was pretty creepy also. 
That is a pretty creepy one. Uh, there was another one that happened at the hotel bar. And uh, this one says, yeah, I, had a few- find that one. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> uh, it says, uh, I had a few experiences, but this one stands out the most. A few summers ago, I was bartending in the cave, which is the hotel bar. That's the name of it. Um, it was just after we opened and I was standing on the side of the bar. No one was near the other end of the bar. The only people in the room were me, the other bartender and two guests who were standing in uh, and chatting. Um, all of a sudden we heard a loud thud at the opposite end of the bar and a stack of teacups and saucers that we had stacked underneath the bar came flying out at least four feet and smashed all over the place. No doubt in my mind that there was a spirit in the room. The guests were chatting. The guests we were chatting with quickly uh, finished up the conversation and left for the night. They never came back for a drink. Nor would I. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if the thing just like crashed and fell, then that would be like, okay, maybe it's ghosts. Maybe it's just, you know, the, the, maybe the shelf was just ready to give out. But the fact that it came out about four feet and then smashed, that's a, uh, that's what turns it into like a, uh, it could be paranormal. Like, what the hell's going on here? What caused it to actually leave the bar and then fall? It's, it's uh, pretty credible. I actually like the, um, I mean, all these ghost stories are fun, but just like the, the visual of this hotel is much different than others. You have like that long drive up to it, uh, especially in the winter with the snow around it. It just like looks real ominous, right? Mm, so if yeah. we were if we were to go to this hotel, I was actually looking into it before we went on air to see how far it was. And it's, it's like, like four a, hours. It's like a three hour drive for us, three and a half hour drive. So, but if we did it, I would want to do it in the winter. Person. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe that this winter. I mean, last awesome. last winter we did the um the one in Vermont. I mean, this one it's about the same distance, right? About three, sure. three and a half yeah. hours. Uh Joanna left a pretty cool comment. She said, um, I worked at a in a haunted hotel in Australia where the, the taps kept turning on and all the clean towels would fall at once from the rail. I asked it to stop as uh she would have more cleaning to do, and it did. That's a kind ghost. It's like make a ruckus, it's like, oh, Oh, I'm being a dick. All right, <laughs> I'll stop. Since you asked, that's pretty cool, though. Dick is the word of the day. If anyone was wondering, that should have been the drinking game. That uh, there was a better one. That's true. That is true. Uh, so the other haunted locations here. So there was the Spalding Inn, which I there wasn't a whole lot on it. I had to actually kind of dig to find a ghost story, mm-hmm. um, but I thought it was pretty cool that it was bought by the Ghost Hunters. They bought it in 2009. I'm not sure how much they bought it. Four, but they sold it in 2013 for 800 grand, um, which you got to figure that place is worth at least double that now, probably more. But um, but they did that. They would uh, while they had it, they used to host uh, Halloween parties and they'd host paranormal events that they'd be at. So that probably would have been pretty cool. I would definitely go to a Halloween party hosted by the Ghost Hunters. That sounds awesome. And that that's the one with Greg. the cat, right? Like there was the haunted cat at that one. Yep, the haunted is, cat is hilarious. <laughs> well, it's interesting because it's not like the first hotel that we've had a haunted cat uh, at. So I did see someone in the chat bring up. Sorry, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but that the haunted cat is sometimes like the sign of a demonic presence. So that's kind of an interesting uh, angle on that, where you have these different haunted cats at these different haunted hotels. Yeah, that is pretty. I have heard about the uh, the cats being demonic, um, but this one just sounded like more of like a playful kind of ghost cat. It just runs through the kitchen and knocks stuff over, which is 
pretty funny. Papa Squash, Papa Squash asked when his hometown ghost stories buying a haunted house. Spoiler, I already did. That's true. That's true. I'm in it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I also uh, live in an old uh, funeral home, so that's fun. Yeah, look that's at right. that. Uh, that. That reminds me, I, I think um, I think uh, Zach Baggins tried to buy the Conjuring house, but his plans were just to take the house and move it into his haunted museum, and they were just like, like no, not if, not if that's what you're going to do. So I don't think, obviously, that it, ju- it had just sold, but that's a crazy move. It is ridiculous. He's such a ridiculous person. <laughs> but the, I mean, dude, isn't that the move, though? If you have the museum, just like, all right, I'm going to buy this entire house and <laughs> just move it right into the museum. That would have been a cool move. Cool move. But it's much hey, easier for access now. If you walked up to that house in a museum, again, we went there. We stayed there. That house, without knowing anything about it, is a terrifying visual just to see. So... <laughs> Catherine yeah. so says, imagine putting a house in your house. <laughs> <laughs> that's a flex. <laughs> so yeah, that that's crazy. But so there wasn't many other ghost stories there, just like little ones here and there, nothing major. Yeah, I know there was the one that I had told in the beginning um story there that was from the hotel desk manager. And then there were a couple others in um there's two different houses, the carriage house, and then there's the main house. There's a couple, there's two particular rooms that the ghosts seem to not let certain people in. Like the mm-hmm. door will just not work for certain people. Um, and there's nothing that like would distinguish what kind of people this ghost does likes or doesn't like. It's just decides it doesn't it's like gonna, it's gonna be crazy next time you come over and all of a sudden my door just, <laughs> just doesn't work for in. Must be the ghost. All right, I, I got one of those doggy doors, you'll fit right in. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Jump but, uh, right yeah, up was, into that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Set a little step stool outside the doggy door for you. <laughs> When yep, Dave jumps exactly. to the dog door, he goes, <laughs> If you need yeah, audio to go along right. with the visual there for you. All right, we'll move on from that. If you guys, if you're listening <laughs> and you want to see the uh, the insane height difference between Jesse, Rob, and I, you can go follow us on YouTube and you can see the picture in the intro where Jesse is about an inch taller and Rob is two inches taller. It's, it's pretty impressive. Well, <laughs> doesn't well, matter if you win by an inch <laughs> or a mile or a quarter mile. Yeah, Taller is taller. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah. um and then the last one obviously was the balsam's grand resort which was the original reason i looked into this uh ghost story and this one has i think the most unique ghosts um the, of the all others of right the others yeah those ones are so terrifying that's the that's the one that's out of everything which is everything is really cool and all these stories the haunted bed that traveled the world for no reason the others is like it's scary and there's a little bit more to it. Mm-hmm. So um the so the balls the Balsam's Grand Hotel is located in Dixville Notch, as I mentioned. And this weird thing this is one of the weird things about this hotel. So this town has a population of five people. Five people live in this town, and it has this gigantic hotel. And the hotel is set, but it's not close to anything. My buddy Mike, who went up there, was telling me that he's like, he's like, Dave, I don't know what the deal with this hotel is. He's like, it's like in the woods. There's like nothing around it. You got to travel down this like long road to get to it. It's just the weirdest thing. And um, the ghost story about Dennis that I told in the beginning actually is a story from where is it? From a uh, blog that I found. And the blog is, that the is one that got out the pipes. 
Yes. Yep. So that was, uh, that was, I love, story. I love the hand joke. The hand joke. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my creative writing there. <laughs> oh, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. damn. The, like, um, Matt, I don't know if it was Matt or someone else in chat that had left a comment. Like, oh, like, uh, uh, this is the first ghost that's making dad jokes or something like that. <laughs> right. So the ghost, so the, the, the one arm ghost is something that uh, was experienced. Uh, he did not, the ghost did not make a dad joke in the real story. Um, that was just me being amusing. But, um, so he, so there's a, so basically the, the guy who wrote the blog got an email from a listener after, and he like included it in the blog after, cause it was interesting. And basically there's a system of haunted tunnels under the hotel and um, the tunnels. So the, this is the email. So the tunnels were once used for staff, excuse me, the tunnels were once used for staff to move between facilities during the winter, thus avoiding having to deal with the blizzards and guests. Maybe he meant gusts. What does it do with the guests if we go under the building, folks? It's <laughs> the worst, worst staff ever. <laughs> um, he must have meant gusts, yeah. Uh, so when a nearby factory closed in the 90s, they stored mannequins used for plastic molding in all those tunnels. No so thanks. yes, indeed, there were and still may be hordes of rotting mannequins, hot steam, and faulty lights down there. It was the only way for the night staff to leave when all the facilities were locked Dude, down. Imagine going through that. <laughs> just melting mannequins and shit. It's just crazy. It's it just sounds like a haunted house. It's like, like it's got the steam going. It's got the mannequins going. It's dark. The lights are flickering. Like exactly. they accidentally made an awesome haunted house below there. They did. Um, so the first rule of the night shift was that you were never to go into the tunnels alone. Um, he said, I don't know if anyone had the stomach to remove those blank faces and bins grasping rotting arms, but I doubt it. Um, so they couldn't go down into to the basement alone. And the reason is because not because they were afraid of ghosts, but because there was like a ton of like um, hotel, like tunnels that would just lead to dead ends and you can get lost down there super easy. Uh, and the electrical is not good because um, it's super faulty because they renovate this place every time there's a new owner. So every 10 years it's renovated and renovated and renovated and all the wiring's all screwed up because of that. So the lights could just go out down there and then you're stuck in the tunnels in the dark. Uh, he said, my father also worked on a crew renovating in the late nineties when the last guys to own it came in and bought it. Apparently for construction workers, there's an annual, an actual system for dealing with creepy places like that. All the work, all the work crews are grouped into three buddies and bring light lamps as they work. As it turns out, the tunnels are full of dead ends and unfinished works. And he said his night supervisor was scared out of his wits down those tunnels. Um, and he was high strung as a result. So um, the tunnels is one of the places that's haunted by the, quote, others, which are just ghosts that people have experienced that they just don't understand. And they're basically just disembodied shadows that run around down these creepy tunnels. And I think um, that that might have been the weird reference that the ghost had said in that because Dennis's story where he said the there are bodies buried down here. That was part of the actual story. Um, but then I couldn't find anything about why there would be bodies down there. So Interesting. Um, that's the correlation that I drew. Very creepy stuff. It's it's the others just like these basically shadow people just in these underground caverns is just an absolutely terrifying thought. And I mean, I would go, but I would be terrified if we actually explored a I place like that. Take a look at the tunnels there. It just yeah. sounds like you're going through a haunted house. Sounds uh, sounds very creepy. Uh, there are a couple others uh, from from people who used to work there. One lady named Amy had worked there. So smelled cigar smoke. Um, 
she had um she'd seen ghosts in, in a few of the rooms. She she had a lot of reports from people that stayed there that refused to go into certain rooms or people that worked there that refused to clean certain rooms because they had seen too many ghosts and too many times. And one of the things that they got a lot of reports of is they would go into a room and all of a sudden there would just be an impression on a bed as if someone just sat down or laid down on the bed. And um, they had just seen this stuff too many times. So a lot of them uh, just wouldn't, wouldn't work on certain, certain rooms. Uh, said a man in room 303 wanted to move because he saw a woman's ghost one too many times. Uh, the housekeeper threw the impressions. That's what we were just talking about. And um, it was one of the one I wanted to read. Uh, I would see ghosts in period clothing, like a woman dressed in the 1920s attire, a man who looks like he came from the 40s or 50s, and she would hear laughter and things. And uh, she swears on her mother's soul that it's all true. And then we have this guy named Coley, who says, I worked at the Balsams for seven years, and I have been... All over the hotel early morning, late night when I was there when the hotel was open and shut down for the season and all that time. Not once have I ever seen or sensed anything ghostly. So Coley doesn't believe it's haunted. Fuck you, Coley. Yeah, you're <laughs> zero fun. <laughs> Imagine Absolute hanging out with fun. Coley. <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, so yeah, like Coley that. Go clean up the tunnels. Right, yeah. <laughs> you go. No, that... <laughs> All three of these hotels, but the two bookends specifically are like really, really interesting. So you can't go to that one anymore, right? Is that what you said? It's closed right now? Correct. It's closed to the public. The people who bought it plan to reopen it, but they are trying to come up with the money to do their obligatory renovations. Mm. Which hotel was that? The Balsam's Grand. The Balsamic Vinaigrette Hotel is now closed. All right. Hopefully it opens back up. Yep. 100%. They should, so they should lean into it, right? Like you, like if you're, you have all this stuff. I mean, obviously, you probably can't open the tunnels to the general public. It just would, would be, would be probably too much of a an insurance a nightmare. Yeah, but all in all, like you, you have the stories, you have the thing. I would not make it like the the whole premise of the hotel, but I would lean into it. I'd have like a haunted page section on my hotel if I opened it, if I was part of that ownership group. Just to uh, try to attract people there because I'd go investigate it. I would. Absolutely. It's a selling point. It's absolutely a selling point, as we mentioned earlier, which is why it's a weird move for the first one not to do it. But we already talked about that. True. Uh, all right. So where's the naked man ghost that we've all been waiting to talk about him? The naked man ghost. Yeah. So that's one of the um, I mean, it's one of the more unique ghosts that we've featured. You know, there's always the ghosts in the white dress. But this one, this guy's naked. I don't know why uh, they assume that it's the ghost of a person who there was a i guess there was a band there was a band that stayed there and one of the band members wandered off drunk and drowned in the uh one of the man-made lakes that are on the property and they think that that is his ghost um i assume i assume he wandered off naked and drowned that's probably why his ghost he might have wandered off with clothes on and then took off his clothes to go for a swim we've all been that's true Mm -hmm. that's true then again i saw the red hut Chili Peppers perform at Woodstock 99 and you know uh, one of those guys was naked so maybe he performed naked maybe this was his thing maybe maybe yeah. it was a nudist band I wasn't at I Woodstock know. I watched the documentary recently I also watched that As maybe was, how old would I be in 99 yeah I would not have been allowed <laughs> high school <laughs> yeah maybe he did 10 pickleback shots who knows Maybe. At that point, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't. You do not know what's going to happen after you do 10 pickleback shots. Mm. Yeah. Very true. Zero Very pickleback true. shots is the amount of pickleback shots I'll be doing for the rest of my life. So. <laughs> Thanks for 
Thanks for opening and closing the book on that one. <laughs> uh, uh, the other interesting ghosts there were obviously the one on man. We talked about that. Um, I mentioned wait, my, wait, is the naked ghost in Dixville? He is. Yep. This is he so is. perfect. I didn't. I said, How do we I not call the episode the naked ghost of Dixville? <laughs> naked ghost of Dixville. <laughs> I know. And all the, also, for those people who watched the episode, boy, did you blow it with the shadow figure of him. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get kicked off YouTube. <laughs> it's a shadow. You think you could have got away with it. Anyways. I guess. I guess. Um, the three-legged naked man of Dixville. <laughs> <laughs> the tripod right, man of moving Dixville. On. We're, all right, we're moving on. There's children watching. There's children watching. We're not moving on. This is an awesome ghost. Tell us about the uh, naked man ghost. I did. I don't know what else to say. I can't, you know, make stuff up about the naked man ghost. We could surmise as to why we already did, I guess. But <laughs> why some ghosts get closed, why some ghosts don't, I don't know. We don't make the rules. Oh man, comment section is going crazy. He hangs out in Dixville. <laughs> <laughs> what a banger title that would be. Uh, yeah. Um, so the other, um, we are going to move on from the naked man ghost because there are other interesting ghosts there. The one armed man, that's interesting. There aren't a lot of ghosts missing limbs and why does somebody who has the misfortune of missing a limb in his actual life have to then be cursed to be also missing limbs in his ghostly life that sounds very unfortunate unfortunate ghostly life is a weird a yeah weird. wouldn't you be pissed if you came back as a ghost and you're like ah oh, finally ah oh, fuck like <laughs> get my arm back <laughs> oh man I mean, the pirates don't have their eye back right they they show up in their patches and stuff and their hooked hands and you want, a pirate, you want a pirate fact? Rob, I don't think it's a hooked hand. I think it's just called a hook. You're a hook. <laughs> I got, a, I got an, interesting, an interesting pirate fact about the eye patch since you brought it up. They didn't wear eye patches because they were missing eyes. They wore eye patches so that one eye wouldn't adjust to the light. So when they went down below deck, they could flip that eye patch up and then they would be able to see and not walk into things and stub their pirate toes. And end up with a peg leg. <laughs> huh. So you ask and you shall receive ghost ghost pirate facts. I'm, um, I'm, I'm sorry to the chat that I brought it up. I'm sorry to the <laughs> listeners that I brought it up. Uh, they seem to be enjoying it just fine. But uh, the other one is the three old, the three laughing old ladies ghosts. I couldn't find anything about this ghost other than the fact that they were mentioned that there's a three laughing old ladies ghosts. And I was kind of disappointed about that because I wanted to know more about the three laughing old lady ghosts. Cause that is I wasn't another dis- unique one. I wasn't disappointed in the picture of the three old ladies that you found. And then you shook them vigorously for 30 seconds. <laughs> I was like, God, I don't know if they survived this video clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, had, I originally had them just in there. I was like, it just wasn't scary or it was just weird. So I just shook them. <laughs> yeah, old ladies are a lot more interesting if you shake them. <laughs> <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but that pretty much wraps up these three locations, unless you guys had something else that you wanted to talk about them. Uh, no, I, I, I enjoyed every single one of these hotels. I told you before we started the show that the Washington was one that I had been looking into to do at some point. So you grabbing it is good because it was definitely going to be uh, talked about at, at some point on the show. Yeah. One of the more major locations and, um, I did end up having to spread this out. I couldn't just do one home, one town, spread it out to a county so I can cover the other ones, but it's all, you know, northern New Hampshire. Right. Yeah. No, it was it was great. Yeah. A lot of fun. New Hampshire. Love it. New England. New England ghosts. But yeah, what do we got for uh, next week, Jesse? We, we are going to have a lot of New England coming up in the next few months, just so everyone's aware. So 
be prepared. We apologize exactly. in advance, but we don't apologize. So I went about as far away from New England as I can get for next week. We're going to do Portland, Oregon. Which I thought you were going to say Portland, man. I was going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to sift out during like my Google searches which ones are Portland, Maine, and which ones are the other ones. So, um, so we'll do that. And then uh, we have this Friday, Cursed Possessions. Yeah, Cursed Possessions. We are going to Thailand for our Cursed Possessions episode. And there is a beach with cursed pebbles. Cursed? Did I say cursed? Cursed. Mm-hmm. With a, without an H. Cursed um, pebbles. Yes. Yeah, so Rob, I think it's interesting that you picked this cursed object because you always talk about how you're not good at pronouncing foreign words. And I'm really looking forward to hearing you pronounce this the name of this beach. Oh, I know. I, I, I produce the audio for him. And I think within five seconds, he mentioned, he's like, don't get mad at me when I mispronounce absolutely everything. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's got himself out of the water there. So yes. uh, that'll be on Friday. And then Tuesday, we go to Oregon. And then the next horror movie review, if people want to catch up and get ready to watch that, we're going to cover, uh, was it Choose or Die? Yeah. Yes. Choose or Die. It's available on Netflix, so you can go check that out. I'm about halfway through the movie, and holy shit, this movie is messed up. So I will watch the rest, and we'll see. I haven't watched any of it yet, so let's go. Yeah, it'll be a fun one for sure to review. So we'll see how it wraps up. But I want to give a big shout-out to people that have subbed to us on Patreon. First of all, Stephen V and Lisa J. Those are our VIPs. We also have Sydney B, Mark M, Papa Squatch, Mike B, Brendan W, uh, Sarah W, Soph Hooper, Jake V, Stephanie A, Seth, Dave Sucks W, Captain McSlugs, Sarah, Dave Loves Bacon R, and Stephanie B as well. So thank you guys. If you guys are interested in getting your name in the credits and this wonderful personalized shout out, then go ahead and uh, swing by Patreon. Give us a little, give us a little sub. Rob, got any reviews you want to go over? Yeah, we got a few in on Apple Podcasts to read. Um, So this one is from Amy. It says, I've listened to many ghost podcasts, and yours is very good. Very thorough in your research and tell the stories with humor. It's great. Thank you for all your hard work. And there's a little ghost emoji at the end, which is fun. And this one is titled The Best Paranormal Podcast Out There, but the person's name is No One Can Be Trusted. So (laughs) a little bit of a... Um, caveat <laughs> yes but they wrote generally a great podcast each week they cover a different location slash cursed object and discuss the history and legends surrounding it they approach each topic with the perfect amount of skepticism and have no issue pointing out if something doesn't make sense it's definitely worth it to watch the weekly live stream on Tuesday nights so thank you for also watching the live stream and giving us that five star review on Apple yes Yes, very good. A lot of cool ones. Uh, thank you, guys. If you want to keep in contact with us, we got some big uh, news. We should probably drop. Don't you? Think oh shit! Said? Yeah, we did. Uh, oh, we did things. Ah, look at us. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'll, we'll let uh, we'll let Rob make the announcement. Go ahead. Oh, all right. So last week we actually signed our very first contract to join a network. We are going to be part of Bloody Disgusting going forward. Um, within a week or two, you're going to see nothing's going to change for any of you guys. It's all going to be the same. You're going to, you're not, there's going to be no interruption to anything, but we will be part of the bloody disgusting team. So it's very exciting for us. Yeah. If you guys don't follow them, they post lots of horror content, a lot of horror movies. They have a lot of um, other horror podcasts. If you're into that stuff, which I assume you probably are. Um, But yeah, definitely go check them out. They're, They're pretty cool. They're fun. 
Yeah, so you might see us pop up on some of their other podcasts, some of them pop up on our podcast here and there. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited to be part of them. They are a great fit, and we are already big fans of them. So good stuff. Yeah, so it's exciting stuff. So we will see how that goes. Again, nothing will change. We'll still be live every Tuesday. You still get the uh, content for free the same way that you'll be getting it in all other uh, things. So if you guys are familiar with them, definitely uh, – Stay tuned. Stay tuned and we'll see where these things go. So, um, yeah. Shout out to everyone who came and hung out with us today. We will see you guys on Friday for Cursed Possessions, then back on Tuesday for another live episode. Unless you're a Patreon member, you get that. You get that Cursed Possessions episode tomorrow. Mm hmm. All right. right. Well, thanks again for uh, checking us out, guys. If you haven't already, drop us a little sub on YouTube and we'll see you guys on Friday. Thanks. Peace.